0: everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, back with Josh. Hello, Josh. What up? I should probably be closer to the microphone here. Um, very good. Um, we're here to talk about um, the events of the last week, the win over Burnley, and the preview of the big game. Since we don't have a midweek game to talk about, we're just going to go right ahead and preview the Chelsea game right here as we are probably the last City podcast to do both. So I guess that gives us the last word or something like that. We'll just console ourselves with that knowledge. Um, so we'll start with what's been done, and we will finish with what's to come. Um, and we do have um, listener question to get to as well, which we will. Um, so we start with cities 2-1 win at Burnley on Saturday. Um Again, not exactly a performance that will go in the year end Highlight Reel, but three points is three points. Um, the top four, it seems, are starting to sort of little distance between themselves and the rest of the table, although it only takes one team going on a poor run of form and another team going through a rich vein of form to erase that completely. But um, City are firmly in the top four at this point. They are six points ahead of Tottenham. They are one point off the top of the table against Chelsea, which is what makes the next team so big. Um, But Burnley, um, like we said, not a vintage performance. Aguero scoring two goals of the rather scruffy variety. Um, So your reaction, basically, is this... I guess it's the glass half full versus the glass half empty mentality here. Do you look at this as a sign of good mental fortitude, or are you just worried about how
1: underwhelming they were again? can I push on this one? Because I'm not entirely sure. Like, you know, the, the, the one hand says, okay, this is great metal fortitude. These are games that were not being won under Manuel Pellegrini. And that cannot be stated enough. Like these are games that city was dropping last year, but then you have to be concerned. Actually, I'm going to put a caveat to that. Depending on what your expectations are for this team, and the reason that I say you kind of have to be concerned is because everybody seems to be high. It, maybe it's one of those situations where Guardiola knows what the ceiling for this team is in 2016, and the rest of us are buying into something that's probably not going to happen. Um, but it's hard, because... I. I'm going to go on a tangent here, which is what we do best. I I was sort of looking over some stuff. I was reading, uh, I forget which famous Bayern winger now playing in uh, Brazil had basically said that Carlo Ancelotti was the wrong appointment as, as Bayern are trailing Red Bull Leipzig right now in the Bundesliga, which is seriously the greatest story in sports right now that nobody is talking about. And also I'd like to say... That I use the hell out of Leipzig striker uh, Yusuf Paulsen in FIFA. There is, you, if, if you get down on FIFA and don't have Yusuf Paulsen on your team, I don't know what to tell you because the dude's like six foot seven, has ninety something speed and can shoot like a rocket. So, uh, but 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 I digress. You look at what Pep Guardiola was able to do with Bayern and how dominant those teams were. And then you look at what's going on here with City, squeaking by Burnley. Now, it's it's fair to look at where Pep was at early in his season with Bayern. They were tying and dropping games that they shouldn't, and then sort of after the non-winter break or after the winter break, Bayern just sort of kicked on, and that was that. So maybe maybe you hope that that's what's in store for City, but. I don't know, man, it, it, it feels to me like Pep Guardiola is now sort of caught in the challenge of the Premier League, if that makes sense. Everybody who said it was going to be harder than he imagined is probably right to some degree, but I would also make note that what City's putting on the pitch, if you could just say swap the colors of the two teams like Pep Guardiola inherits Bayern as Manchester City and vice versa I'm pretty sure that Carlo Ancelotti wouldn't even be second in the league uh in the Bundesliga with the team that that City presently have so uh I don't know maybe this team is probably ahead of expectations because it's not a good team when when you piece it all together it's It's patchwork. It's it's half of an older generation mixed with half of a newer generation, and Guardiola's trying to blend them together and make it work when everybody knows that this isn't the team that he wants to field. We know that there's more coming. We know that he wants to upgrade in certain positions, and now we're even coming to find out, and I'll kick it to you, Gray, that he wasn't even convinced about Sergio Aguero, with probably good reason.
0: Right. Um, I, I guess the way I would look at this is, um, I, it's, it's like you said, I've, I've, I kind of asked the loaded question there, I suppose, or just a, a black and white question where the answer is really more in the middle. Um, on, on one hand, you know, that is the kind of game that, 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 that title winning teams win sometimes, like have to win sometimes. I remember... The one that sticks out to me in the uh, second year they won the title against um, in in thirteen fourteen was that the game at Newcastle where um, they scored early, um, spent most of the rest of that game under barrage. There was a terrible refereeing decision that chalked off a Newcastle goal that suddenly had the crowd basically in a mob state for the rest of the game after that, and they got through it and they won it 2-0. That's the performance I remember, and I remember thinking after that game, you know, that's the kind of game where that, that you know, title-winning teams win. I don't think this is quite like that, but at the same time, you will see title-winning teams just have to win sort of ugly at times. they have to put everything to the side and just get the points and get out of there. So then I a feel of this. On the other hand, I would feel st- more strongly about that if it were more of a one-off instead of, you know, we've been getting eh, performances here and there for a while now. So on one hand, I'm happy with it, but on the other, it's kind of a continued part of a worrying trend that I think that not really changing yet. And, you know... You would have hoped that they would be, I think, clicking more, heading ahead uh, ahead of such a big game. But at the same time, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe they are ahead of schedule. Maybe this is – it's – on one hand, it doesn't really feel like they have played well. On the other hand, they have won nine of their 13 games. They're one point off the top. They have – uh, you so, know
1: special, uh, tweeted this too i think it was city across the pond had tweeted something about sort of like the flip differential and points one this time this year versus this time yeah won. i enjoy kind
0: of stats like that
1: yeah and it's about a plus nine though the odd part is we're minus one at home is, is what he was saying uh but but it's those away wins that have improved but Really, this is my thing with last year. There was nowhere to go but up with the away performances. So, heralding Guardiola for getting this team on the right track away seems a little, I don't know, silly to me because... Well, are we congratulating him for something that should have been done anyway? Right, it's almost like the Cleveland Browns congratulating a coach for winning one game next year. Like, well, you should. Like... The object of the game is to not lose every single one of them. So when you are on a a horrible run of away form, you bring in a quote coach like Guardiola, the bare minimum that I expect is that he can tilt the away form. Now, if this is kind of the example that we're going to get on the away form, then I think you do have to look at mental fortitude because it was missing last year. So I do believe that there is some mental fortitude, but I also believe that there's a lot of lackluster performances here, because when I look at Burnley lining up or I look at Crystal Palace lining up, look, City should be kicking these teams' ass. They just should. It, it, it should happen. It's not happening. And, and more importantly, I struggle. I have struggled to find... A Guardiola team that's looked this inefficient, even this far into to one of his tenures, even by now, Barca had kicked on in his first year, and City has yet to kick on. That that's what kind of worries me is that this team isn't. And maybe we need to get to the to the January or de, you know December when Gabriel Jesus comes in and maybe he can make an impact because. <clears throat> He's obviously made an impact at, at, at Palmeiras as well as uh, with the Brazilian national team. And while we're on the subject, it's, it's just a perfect segue. Uh, I don't really <clears throat> know what to say about uh, Chapa Coeta. Uh I believe I butchered Chapacoense. Uh I had that wrong. Um just an awful tragedy for that team. Uh, really no words. Uh, you know, my thoughts are, are with the family members of the players and those who were aboard that plane. Um, we here in America are no shortage to sports teams' tragedies like this. You obviously have Marshall, uh, the entire plane crash that killed Marshall. Uh, several other with the Wichita State football team, so on and so forth. And and really, you just hope that, that they can begin the healing. But <clears throat> back to to your point, um, maybe a player like Gabriel Jesus can come in and sort of be the cog in this team that makes it appear a little bit better in form and function. I see. I like that. But at the same time, I would also
0: caution, I guess, against – Expecting him to fit in seamlessly immediately. You um, I mean you have a 19 year old kid who's been playing football all year without much of a break, um, coming to not only a new country, a new continent with with a style of everything that's probably entirely different. Um, I would I would not really feel comfortable expecting him to bring too much to the table in year one um i i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe he will come in and have some crazy impact that we're not ex- that well i'm not expecting that would be great but i am loath to pin too much on him um or put too much expectation on him at least immediately because i think that that's asking a lot of him um at, at the same time um I think there have definitely been moments this year where City have showed mental fortitude that was lacking last year when they kept pegging Celtic back in the first Champions League match after falling behind. They came back three times to salvage a draw. Um, There have been other games, but, you know... It's What I was more worried about, or I guess more not worried, but like more expecting more of than I haven't gotten, is actually the home form, because that's where they dropped a lot of points last year that they shouldn't have been dropping. And it's still happening, because they have dropped points to Middlesbrough, they have dropped points to Southampton, they have dropped points to Everton at home. Um, they haven't won a home game since um, September 17th, which is... O- over two months now and it, it's absurd that should not be happening
1: um especially with the wages Dude, this is this is partially when i say that they should be kicking their ass this is the stuff that i'm talking about look i get if you go to chelsea and you come away with a loss or even a draw like that's acceptable tying middles bro no No, just no. You're not going to convince me that that is acceptable, not with the wages that have been put forth on this team.
0: Well, it's not not even the wages. I don't think that – it's the talent. It's the talent. There's just a talent deficit. There's a talent gap there that, for some reason, didn't manifest itself in that game or in other games. I think they should have beaten Everton. They should have beaten Southampton. They should have beaten Middlesbrough. You know, I can accept dropping some points at home.
1: Everton because I think Ronald Koeman – had got that team off to a much better start than maybe many expected, and I think that that was just a good run of form for Everton. I can accept that. That's fair, but they also the missed two. Others, I did, I
0: but they, they they also missed two penalties in that game, so they should have won it. Um, and if you give them that, that's those those six extra points from those games that I feel they should have won, then you know everything else being equal, there's. Pretty easily sitting top of the league, they're five points clear of Chelsea right now. Pretty sitting, pretty easily. Um, obviously, you can't be perfect. You can't expect perfection, but it's not like we're talking about home draws to um, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea here. We're, we're talking about teams that are, you know, not top four at the very least. Um, some of these are straight up going to be in the bottom half of the table, like Middlesbrough. Um, currently sit 15th. Southampton currently sit smack dab in 10th. These are teams that aren't going to be challenging definitely for the top four, most of them for continental qualification at the end of the season. And you're dropping points to them at home. You can't be doing that. And I understand that there's transitioning going on. I understand that no team is going to be perfect, but I don't think it's asking too much, particularly those latter two games, to ask them to walk away with the three points. Um, so that's that's Because I think we said this on one of the preseason Podcasts, the amount of points that they dropped At home last season was Absurd And not even to the Leicesters and the Tottenhams And the top teams that came in there It was just bad, it was really bad They didn't make it a fortress It didn't feel like a fortress anymore Like it used to, particularly under Mancini Mancini, excuse me um, That needs to change It needs, Is
1: it time for people to stop Expecting that though? Because Pep Guardiola's teams, well, okay, they have been defensive juggernauts, but more so, I think, by suffocation. Like, I think that when you look at the style and the way that Pep Guardiola shut teams out in the Bundesliga, it wasn't by having an amazing defense. We saw what happened to that Bayern defense when they went up against capable opponents. That same Bayern defense... Damn near. Damn near by accident. Had Manuel Pellegrini had any sense about him, damn near blew the group. What, about two years ago when City came back to beat him 3 2 at Bayern? That was three, had, yeah. Had City, had City popped in one more goal, they would have won the group on goal differential.
0: Dante's and, Inferno.
1: And Pellegrini didn't realize it. So. It's not like Bayern's defenses were incredibly amazing, but they did so by suffocating teams, and I've yet to see any of that suffocation by City. Right well, now, well, what are well, well, seeing in possession? Real quickly, all I'm seeing in possession is, you know, in as Guardiola says in the book over and over again, that damned you.
0: What are we expecting too much of, then? I'm not like, what, is, what are you saying? What should we stop
1: expecting, I guess? I'm wondering if we should stop expecting teams to come to the Etihad and be completely shut down, because you look at the style of soccer football that uh, Antonio Conte plays over at Chelsea. I expect Chelsea not to concede goals. That's That's Conte's thing. That's an Italian thing. No, you know, it's like the it's like one of my favorite tweets of all time said, "You wish you defend, you wish you loved any anything as much as ain't or as Italy loves defending a one nothing lead." That same principle can be kicked on over to Chelsea, like they're not going to let you score, but we're placing that same expectation at the feet of Manchester City, and that's not what they are. I'm not. I'm not expecting that,
0: but I'm expecting them to beat Millsboro at home.
1: Sure, sure. You know,
0: I know. I don't think I'm asking too much here.
1: I'm not asking for them to be. You know, I'm not saying they shouldn't win. Okay. I'm saying expecting a defensive lockdown, completely shut down. You do not score at the Etihad. Is that what we're over expecting? Because that's not been, except for except going back to Mancini and hello, there's a reason why Mancini believes in that. City haven't been that, that sort of, you're not going to score on us. That's, it's not what they've been in several years. So that's what I mean by, are we expecting too much when we think it's got to be a fortress? Should we expect the win, but not the the clean sheet or the shutout?
0: Well, when I talk about a fortress, I mean it more in the sense of expecting the win, not necessarily, you know, just smothering, choking the life out of people. Um, I, you know, I think that you should be beating sides at home that aren't going to be in in the top seven, and probably a couple of the top seven sides as well. I don't think that's too much to ask. I'm not saying that you need to smother them. I'm not saying that that if they score, it's a failure. But I am saying you should be taking most of those
1: points. Okay, that's fair. I completely agree with the fact that they should be taking most of those points. You get no disagreement from me there. Where I'm concerned about is that people think this team needs to be shutting other teams down, and I just don't think that well, especially now that you and I both agree it's just time for City to move on from company. It's time. He he needs to move into management or he needs to accept a bit being a bit part player because it it, it is impossible to rely on company at this point. Um and I'm not going to be persuaded otherwise. I've just seen enough players in sports go through this many injuries over and over and over and over and over again that you know, you know in your heart it's not going to get any better from here on out. Now, maybe there's a chance Vincent Company runs into the the only doctor in the world who knows what's wrong with him. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Pep Guardiola's flown him to how many different specialists? Didn't they send him to it, Barcelona? Yeah. I mean, he sent him to one of the, like, the doctor that worked on him, got him going. I, I mean, there's not much that City haven't done for Vincent Company. So to that end, they need to look at moving from beyond him. <clears throat> and if you do, you've then moved on from your shutdown defender. Because that's what Vincent Company represents to me. He was shit. Uh, I was about to say shitty. He was City's shutdown defender. Um, and, and John Stones is, while young, uh, can get there, but he's not there yet. And I don't think that that's ever going to be Otham Mindy's game.
0: <laughs> I would go as far as to say that John Stones is the only defender who's still going to be playing any sort of major part for City in two years. It's currently on the squad the only one
1: i don't know man i'm not i'm not at all convinced that 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 guardiola's is down on on uh otamendi as as people think i think guardiola actually kind of likes him i'm torn i don't don't know what it is i think it's the balls that he plays with It's, It's that he doesn't give a damn i think guardiola likes that
0: I'm, it's, I'm torn on it, I guess, because I don't think he can ever be trained to play the right style, um, the, or at least the style that's going to be demanded. At the same time, I don't know how many defenders he can replace in short order, so I think Otamendi might get a stay of execution for a little while, just because... Yeah, I mean, this is I think Otamendi might get a stay of execution for a while because City are going to take... It's probably, not, it's probably going to take more than one transfer window to get all the defenders in that he will ultimately want to get in, because they just don't come available. I don't know. I know where you're going with it. And I don't know.
1: Because <laughs> I, it's always the usual suspects, isn't it? You always hear names like Alaba and so on and so forth, and you're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Why would Bayern let go? If you're Bayern, why in the hell would you let go of Alaba? And if you do... That says to me that they know something about him that we don't. In which case, I would be very apprehensive about taking him off of Byron's hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, there's, there's not a lot available, and I don't know who's available, and I don't want to like sit here and, and do like a guessing game. Is hmm, maybe him? I don't. And I don't know. I'm sure they have lists. I'm sure they, you know, have thoughts. But I, I, I think that I think that this is it's going to be a little bit of a process to rebuild the defense um to to where they want it but yes um no back back to your original point i don't expect them to just completely overwhelm teams i would like to see more clean sheets i don't think those two things are mutually exclusive but you know i'm not demanding that every game is a clean sheet and every home game is like no shots on target ever i don't i don't expect that i don't demand that um what I do ask is that you get most of the points, particularly against teams that aren't going to be challenging you for where you
1: are going to be. And that's all. Yeah, I'm totally I, – I, I get where you're coming from. And I, and I think that that's – you know, for all the guessing that we could do, we could probably end up being wrong because Guardiola's the type of guy who would pick somebody up out of a league that we've never even heard of and and, and turn him into – a world class, you know. I've never he's heard gonna,
0: of He's, he's going to sign another midfielder and turn him into a center back. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Probably, I think there's a non-zero chance of that happening. He
1: did. He turned Avi Martinez into a center back. That's you, you know, but see, that's why I think he likes Otamendi. That that's why I'm going to fall back on. He might keep Otamendi is because I look at the authority that he gives Otamendi to bring the ball out. And that, to me, says this is somebody that Guardiola has trusted because Guardiola just doesn't give people license to bring the ball out of the back. And more often than not, it's Otamendi initiating the attack. John Stones got forward a little, but he never really gets forward as much as Otamendi does. I mean, Otamendi will be up there, you know, right about halfway in between the halfway line and the opponent's goal on their side of the field. I think I've seen John stones go up that far that one time where he got the ball picked off from him (laughs) over on the sideline. That was about the one time that I've seen John stones bring that the ball up that far. And so I, I, I'm not at all convinced that John stones will be the only person moving forward, but regardless of who is there moving forward, Do you think there's a problem with this? Maybe it's not even so much the defenders, because we are talking about a guy who was the La Liga defender of the year. And for all the shit that people talk about La Liga and this, that, and the other, let's remember how many cups Spain have won in the past I don't know how many years. Okay, This is a country that is putting in... I don't know how many teams into the Champions League final, Atletico, Barca, and uh, Real, and then they get like three or two or three teams into the Europa League final four. you. The scores may be completely ridiculous in Spain, but obviously there's some quality football being played there. So Otamendi can play. Do you think that Guardiola is just asking this team to do things they're not wired to do? I think there's a certain to a certain extent. I kind of, I kind of alluded to
0: that. It's like the, the adage, "You can't teach an old dog new tricks." I don't think ultimately he's ever going to stop diving in. I don't think it matters who tells him to or who doesn't tell him to. It's just not. It's the way he has played his entire life, and it's not going to stop now. Um, and I think there are certain players that 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 are the same. That, that, that are in in the same way. Um, I I do think that what he has right now is a team that's sort of half half of them are capable of playing the way he wants and half of them are, are very limited in that. Um, and I think that, I think that obviously when he took over Barcelona, it was, you're, you're, you're ingrained from, from youth level. Basically, most of those players are ingrained to play a certain way that he wanted them to play. It's an easier transition. Even at Bayern, that team was more um, coherent, I guess. Is, is, a, is a word that I would use. Even at Bayern, that team was more together, and they had a better idea playing together and fit together well enough that he could implement his ideas on, at a fairly rapid rate and get them playing the way he wanted. City seemed to have a lot of different people pulling in a lot of different directions. Not pulling a lot of different directions. It's not like there's disunity. It's just that different types of players that don't have the same... Uh, coherence, I guess, um, the same fluidity that those teams had. And I think that, that that's part of the reason why we're almost to December and this is still kind of spotty. Um, I, I don't and I
1: don't know that that's I don't know that that's fixable, Yeah. This is your second point, then. What does one do about the habitually slow starts for City? It is the second point. That is
0: literally the next question uh, that we can that we can transition to, and because we have seen it repeatedly, we've seen it the last two games in particular. They they started slow against Burnley, fell behind. They started slow against Borussia Mönchengladbach, fell behind. Um, they they seem to have something of of a problem getting started, and I don't know what you do about that, which I guess is what I was going to ask you. But um, it, it just it just feels like, and even it doesn't it hasn't even been all season because I remember the, the opening game of the season at them, they came right out after them, they got a penalty within the first ten minutes converted it. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of a new phenomenon I guess because. That it didn't happen in their, they weren't falling behind in their first few. Obviously, they were right on top of Man United in the first half. That wasn't a problem in the league game. Um, they were they were on top of Bournemouth. They were. It, it, it seems like a relatively recent development, and I'm not sure why. And I don't know what the answer to it is, or if it's even just a phase. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I don't. It seems to me that at the start of games, the biggest problem that City has is is, it's it's not necessarily gaining control or keeping uh, possession. It's doing anything at all with it. It it almost seems to me that this team doesn't kick on until the inevitable goal is scored on the counter, because every team by now knows what Guardiola wants to do, and there's a recipe to scoring on this team. There just is. There's a recipe, really, to scoring on any Guardiola team. Wait until their central defenders are basically past the midway point, and then send your fastest striker on a little run, just ahead of them, you know, with an incisive through ball. That's, that's pretty much the key to, to getting on the board with this team. And, and that's exactly what happens. And it's then and only then that we start seeing City making incisive runs, start trying to, to work little one-two combinations and the, the little nifty flicks that you associate with Guardiola football. It just, they don't, they, it's almost, you know there's an American saying playing down to your competition we see you know you see it a lot in college football and and it just almost seems to me what city do they play down to their competition, and it's only when they get punched across the face that they're like, "Oh shit, we're in a game. We'd better play, and then they do and i don't I don't really know how you address that. I think the and i and I'm saying this. Not because I want to see people gone. I'm saying this because in my years of covering sports, this is what I believe to be the only solution to that. You have to make personnel changes. If it doesn't matter at the beginning of the game, then it's never going to matter. And, and this is just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's why Guardiola's tinkered with lineups lately is he's trying to find guys who want it more. And maybe city just don't have them on the roster.
0: Yeah, I think there are certain parts of the team that have gotten stale, and there's nothing anyone can do about that except to freshen them up by getting players out and bringing some new ones in. Um, and I think that to, as it is a substitute for my uh, weekly fullback grants I think that's one of the positions that we're talking about. Um, I, 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 I think there are others. I think that you. you I, I don't know what, what the cause of it is, but I think you're exactly right, and it's been happening for a while now because I remember these criticisms happening uh, as, as early as Pellegrini's second year where, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're playing down to their competition again. And I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I, the fact that it hasn't been happening all season makes me wonder if it's just sort of something they're going through right now for some reason. But at the same time, I think there's sort of a deep problem there that won't be addressed with until you can freshen some things up with new new players. Um, and that shouldn't have to be the answer. But I think in this case, these we've seen these, this, some of the same people doing this for quite a while. So I don't I don't think that we're going with with anything new here. It's it's just been a repeated. Okay, we're still doing this, and so if. You know, you try everything else, it feels like, at this point. I think that you've reached the end of your rope with some with some aspects of it.
1: Yeah, and that's the problem, is that I think a lot of fans are reaching the end of their rope with this stuff, is, all right, look.
0: Because I know for a fact that there was an assumption that we thought, you know, oh, Guardiola's going to kick these guys up the, up, up the rear, and they're going to get it together, they're going to get, you know... If he can't do it, then who can? And well, you know, I think he's helped. He's, I think it's better than it has been at times. But at the same time, we're still having this discussion.
1: That's that's pretty much exactly the. oh well, I mean that's pretty much exactly it. I I, I think there was a reasonable expectation that. When Guardiola came over, he was going to be, I don't know, the player whisperer or something. And, and to a certain degree, I think he has been to some extent. You look at the play of Raheem Sterling. I don't think Manuel Pellegrini was going to get them out of him if he would have given him a 10 year contract. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we it, it, certainly you look at John Stones. Now, the kid has some innate ability, but I definitely think he's become a much better defender under Guardiola. Uh and there's really no amount of things uh, I, I could say about Fernandinho that would do him justice. <clears throat> and and it's taken somebody like a Guardiola to see the intellect of a Fernandinho because under Pellegrini Again, I fall back on this. Pellegrini could have been the manager for another 10 years, and we would never have seen Fernandinho get this much control of the ball, acting basically as the pivot. <clears throat> so I do think he has been the player whisperer to some degree, but I think that <clears throat> maybe people had it in a, in their minds that he was a team whisperer, you know, not, not just a player whisperer but a team whisperer who could magically make things right with this team and get them going in the right direction. And to some degree he has, but like you brought up with Middlesbrough, like you brought up with Burnley and Palace and and so on and so forth. There are just games that city has not Southampton, Everton it's, These are games where they're just not really... When you look at the score sheet... I mean, look at this. I'm going to run this down here, okay? The absolute best game... There are two games that City have played this year where they have been just utterly dominant in what we expected. And that was away at West Brom. And then that was home to Bournemouth. I guess you could add Stoke City in there maybe at the, at the uh, end of August. Um, but but for my money, Bournemouth and West Brom were the two games where where you truly saw uh, what, what Guardiola teams were capable of. But outside of that, you're looking at 2-1, 2-1, 1-2, 1-1, 1-1, 2-1, 3-1. And it's just like, I know that this is soccer, but... I seem to remember Bayern Munich and Barca teams putting in five, six, seven goals, and you can't expect that in the Premier League. But I do expect better than two-one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have a quick question that literally just popped in my head for you while I was listening to you talk that I want to ask you. Um, are there any are, are there any players that you think? that were on the team last year and are still here this year that you think have taken a step back this season? Aguero? That's fair.
1: Um.
0: And I also think that was... I'm, I'm
1: going to leave Zabaleta out of there because yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't think that has any
0: I, I, I think that's that. a more age-related yeah. thing than anything else. Yeah, an um. Yeah, and uh, even the, the Aguero one is, I think, actually pretty easily explained, too, because
1: go on I'm, I'm in- Arch, I think I think
0: Guardiola is asking him to, to do a lot of things that he's not used to and he's not sure what he's doing yet
1: okay I can understand that uh, um, do you think that's in part why he's going with Nacho well, he hasn't really lately no not lately but I mean when he was do you think that's why he was going with Nacho do you think he I'm going to ask you a question do you think he was auditioning Nacho for the role of taking Sergio's spot
0: no auditioning no i don't think that was an audition i think it was a tactical tweak that he wanted to see how it would work
1: i i tend to think the otherwise i tend to think he was trying to see if this team would kick on better with with nacho leading the line as opposed to agüero because he tends to get more movement out of nacho than he does agüero agüero is a pretty static guy um He's not a guy that, that makes a lot of little clever runs here and there. I mean, he's capable of them. He just doesn't do it to my mind. Whereas whenever I see Nacho, that guy's constantly moving. What Aguero likes to do the most is head out and get the ball on the wings. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You Look, I understand that you're letting either Raheem or somebody else cut in. But they're not making the money that you're making to put the ball in the net. Keep your ass in the box and let them worry about the wings. And I understand that there will be interchanging runs. That's going to happen. But this is a tendency for Aguero, not not a game plan. It's a tendency for him, and that's the problem. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I just don't. I
0: don't see it as like an aggressive a, an attempt to really. Get, him, get get him out of the team or I think more it was you know I don't trust him to do what I need him to do yet. I don't think that, I think that yet is a qualifier for me because I don't think he's he's written him off or anything like that. I think it's just sort of well for this game or whichever game you know I'm going to try something different and um, and, and, and and see what what happens I think it suits us better for this game. Um, I don't think it's necessarily an indication of how he views Aguero going
1: forward. So I don't think it's how he he views him going forward. I just think in that instance, Guardiola got it up his mind that he wanted to try something, see how it would work. It didn't. And he's like, Okay, never mind, you know. I, I but I do think mostly because look, I'm not gonna say I have a lot of similarities with guardiola in 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 how the mind's constantly moving and analyzing and thinking about something i i i can understand and appreciate Guardiola on that front um I tend to overthink things <laughs> more than than most people uh and 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 it is a problem and I often outthink myself and uh, out of situations and in so I understand that, and and to me, I'm just saying to me, it felt not like a tweak, but more like I want to try and see if something works. Now I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to belabor this point, but I'm going to make this move. I'm going to see if it works. I can give. It's sort of like what who was it? Doug Peterson is he the is he the coach of the Eagles? Is that? Yes. It's sort of like Doug Peterson's comments yesterday about Nelson Aguilar sitting. He wanted him to see the game uh, from from what was it? a, A slower perspective, I believe, was was the the gist of the quote translation. He dropped too many balls and he was sitting his ass. Any coach can come up for a reason as to why they benched a player. I just didn't find Guardiola's explanation for playing Ianacho ahead of Aguero in that Champions League game to be satisfying. It, well, he you did, know, where I'm like, hey, okay, he didn't even
0: he didn't even play Ianacho, didn't he? He just left the front as sort of a false nine.
1: Yeah, actually you're right. I'm mixing up two different games. I apologize. Uh, what was the game that he started Nacho? ahead? I think it was the game after that one. It was right in that same run. And I think that's what made me think it is because it was like, there was a stretch of like three or four games where Aguero, it was right after the penalty misses too. And it was just a stretch where, and and that's what made me think it is because I think Guardiola was looking at Aguero realizing that this was a guy getting in his own head because as, and I think that this speaks to your point. Agüero had been doing things that he'd not been asked to do before, and he'd been getting inside of his own head. And I think that Guardiola wanted to a give him a break from that, but b test out a new idea. He's done that at Bayern, and and you know he he basically took Thomas Müller from a center forward and turned him into a right right midfielder, and basically gave the guy sixty minutes where Müller had been the center foot point of Bayern before that.
0: Yeah, I actually don't think we're debating something that's significantly different here. I think we just have a slightly different view on, on our interpretations of it. Um, I want to I kick in so we can get to Chelsea this quick yes or no question. Should we put Yaya on the Champions League squad at Vincent Company's expense? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, let's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, it's going to be a fascinating clash of styles. A lot has already been written this week, and we alluded to it earlier in the podcast, about these sort of clash of styles between Conti, the Italian, we are going to keep you from scoring and we'll get our one goal, and if we get more than our one goal, that's great, but we're going to win with a clean sheet and play our Italian style of controlling the game and not letting you beat us, versus Guardiola's beautiful football philosophy. Um... Chelsea obviously are the form team right now. They have been romping basically. Um, they've they've been winning easily for after after they had their own rough stretch actually, um, which which has ended it, 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 rather quickly after they uh, that, that that loss to Arsenal. They have basically been beating everyone since and not really allowing any goals in the process, with a few exceptions. So. Obviously, on form, Chelsea right now are the team that look dangerous. City will be at home, um, and I think it should be noted, for the first time under Guardiola, we'll have an entire week without any midweek things to deal with to prepare for this game. Will that make a difference? I don't know, but I don't think it can hurt at this point. Um,
1: No, I don't don't think it can hurt either. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Go so for it. Because you asked me. I, I just want to go back a bit. Um, Do you start Toure in that game? You asked about putting him on the Champions League squad in, in place of any company. <clears throat> when you look at a team like Chelsea that's going to play, you know they're going to play three at the back and try and boss the midfield because, well, that's what an Italian team does. Do you start Toure knowing that this is going to be a much slower-paced game um, and and you don't sacrifice a ton on the speed end by putting that ox in the middle of the midfield. It's tempting, you know. I would
0: have to go through the eleven in my head and figure out who who would who would not play in that regard. Um, I, I, you know I'm not sure how much he helps you boss the midfield or try to boss the midfield. Um, obviously the slower pace, if if it is expected, is coming. But you know. City might try to take advantage of that and and try to quicken the pace, in which case it feels like that would be a hindrance. Um, I would be inclined to still leave him on the bench in case of emergency, so to speak. Um, But at the same time, I can see why the appeal is there for for this particular game.
1: Yeah, I I just look at... I look at Chelsea and and I see what type of a team they are. And I look at what Yaya Toure has provided basically after having, well, a half a season to do nothing. Uh, He's certainly well rested. Look at the impact he's had. I mean, I'm not, he won a game for city by himself. Again, not, not the first time he's done that. Um, I still don't know how he saw to get that second goal in. I couldn't even... Find. I've watched that replay 20 times and I still have trouble following the ball and yet somehow or another Yaya was like, oh, I know where it's at. Let me just heel that right in. Um, I, I guess I, I'm not as down on Yaya as a lot of people are. I, I think that when... And I've said this on, on 9320's message boards quite a few times. I think... That when you look at Ture, what riles people up about Ture has nothing to do with Ture. It's Dimitri Silek. And it's fine. I, I am not going to argue anyone on the point that D- Dimitri Silek is an asshat. I'm not going to. You're not going to get one word of disagreement from me. But Dimitri is not Yaya. And while Dimitri hasn't apologized, Yaya has. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing. Um, though there is another article that was put out that I suggest everybody go and read. It's about a recent study conducted by Thief Pro with regard to how teams freeze players out in order. I was reading this article and, and it was about not only was it about late payments, not getting paid and, and teams freezing people out. But I, I was reading this article and, and seeing a, a, a portion of it where they're specifically talking about when players are forced to train alone and, and are separated from the team, that a significant majority of the time that that's done, it's because the team is trying to get the player to agree to one of three things. A, they want him off the team. B, they want him on the team, but to accept the lesser role or C, they want him to agree to a completely new contract that frees up some wages. I'm going to play conspiracy theory here for a minute, but the first thing that popped into my head was, huh, I wonder if that's what Manchester City did with Yaya to get those wages down so they could do something with him. Freeze him out for half a year until he agrees to a new contract with lower wages and, and increased playing time.
0: I doubt that. I because right it. incentive? if he sits there for a couple months and he's gone, he's not going to take lower wages for a couple months and they're not going to give him another year. There's nothing he can do in that regard.
1: If you, yeah, yeah, you want to play, one of the direct quotes in there from the player was one of the players that did, who was frozen out, actually agreed to a move to a new club, but he had to forego his wages, all of them. And he did it because he just wanted to play. He played for free because he wanted to play. Now, if you're Yaya Toure, you're at the end of your career, and you are looking at a Manchester City team that has qualified for the Champions League knockout stages. They are in the top four, and you've been a vital component of that role. And for half the season, you've been frozen out, and you're facing an opportunity of playing for paying for, you know earning less wages. You could sit the back half of that, but then you'd also probably wind up only getting signed by, well, now it looks like now that city have played in teams like Juventus are interested, but I don't know that they would be prior to that. So I don't know. It was just a fun thought. I don't think, I don't know that city are that underhanded, but cert- oh, excuse me. But certainly I found it interesting. I'm just curious as to what they're going to do with him from here, like especially with this Chelsea game upcoming, because Chelsea's one of the few teams in the league that I think you can get away with playing Yaya. You cannot play him against a Liverpool. You cannot play him against an Arsenal. You cannot play him against a Tottenham. They're too quick. I mean, you're going to wind up with so many open holes in, in the middle of your field that, that it's going to make it impossible for City to do what they want to do. So, if you're going to play him, you have to pick your spots, as they say. And Chelsea, to me, seems like a good spot. But, as you say, who would he replace? Right now, I would have him replacing Fernando. Although, Fernando played a hell of a game last week.
0: Right. And it's not like you're, you're, you're swapping much in the mobility department in that regard. Fernando's not the most mobile player in the world, either. Um... No, I, I get it. Um, I know that some players were rested for, for Burnley as well with probably the intention of, of putting them in here. Um, my guess is that they bring Gundogan back back in um, for Fernando, which which leaves you with um, bringing Silva back as well. De Bruyne was on the bench. I would imagine that one or both start again. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure who who, you, who, you, who who gets dropped in that situation. Um, I, I, I guess, for me, I would still leave him on the bench, and if you need him, you have him. But um, it, it, it does...
1: So who would you play in that
0: game? <laughs> we're going to play this game again and lose. Um... We always do, um... Yeah, there's really no no reason not to. Um... Mike drops throwing for this one, actually, because he hasn't really been... He he looks like he could use maybe... I know that it's a big game, but he looks like maybe he could use a moment. Because he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire again lately. And they have leaned on him a lot to this point. Um... Which I think allows you to bring Silva and De Bruyne and uh, Gundogan back in. So, I guess that that's that's the closest I would get. I don't know what they'll actually do. I don't think they'll drop Nolito for this.
1: Um, no. Nolito's been too important of a cog for this team. Like, that's kind of... Like, I'm looking at, at Gaddy Jesus, and I'm starting to think that he and Sterling are going to be the ones that operate out there and Navas is gonna be converted to a wing back. Yeah, I wouldn't
0: be shocked by that. Um but yeah if I had to if I had to yeah if I had to say something I don't feel great about it, but there you go. Um,
1: so okay, here's the key question then forget forget the rest of the team. Let me just concentrate on one specific area of the park and that's that back four. How do you play it?
0: I'm not sure what choice you have, but to go with the back four of whoever's most informed. And I think I would. And I think in that instance, the only question is Clichy versus Kolarov, because I think your other three are Altamendi, Stones, and Sanya. I just don't feel comfortable with the back three.
1: No, especially not against a team that has drilled a back three to perfection. <clears throat> you're basically trying to play their game at that point, and you're not going to beat Antonio Conte at his own game, and I would question Guardiola if he tried to. There are other ways to beat a Chelsea team, but one of them is not to line up and try and match them defender for defender because as bad as David Luiz is, he's good right <laughs> and he's also a, he's also a threat see the problem the, the thing that Chelsea have to their advantage in this game the thing that scares me the most is that going forward Chelsea's defenders matter whereas cities seem to not
0: that's a very good point yeah um because yeah Cle not going to get forward in ton. it's just not not what he does.
1: And, and when Sonia does get forward he doesn't right much. and so I, uh, yeah
0: There's possession yeah um, um, yeah this is so oh, I mean I guess what I would say is we as we get ready to wrap this up is um well I do have a question I want to get to so we'll, we'll do this quickly but um what are we thinking how, how do how, I think they can win this game actually I, I mean I think it's going to be really difficult, though, and I wouldn't be shocked. My gut tells me it's going to be a draw. They'll find a way to draw.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to agree that this will be a draw, but then again, I absolutely wouldn't be shocked if Guardiola's team went there and completely dismantled it. I wouldn't, you know, There's no
0: result that would really shock me
1: in this game, which is kind of funny, you know? I, yeah,
0: in order of Chelsea. I, I, yeah, I could see, I can see scenarios in which all of that happens. So, I, I, I mean, it, it's just that's that's the problem with city. We don't, we talked about
1: this last time. You're just not really sure what you're what you're going to get on any given day. Um, Basically, you just get to throw a dart at the board, and if you're right that week, you get some kudos on the next podcast. But really. Anybody who's telling you they know what's going to happen is is BSing you. They have no clue what's going to happen because there hasn't been any sort of consistency to this team. Well, frankly in the past 2 years. Right. Pretty much. No matter the manager. Yeah.
0: But we do have an we interesting, do have an interesting question. question and this was sent in a while ago and I just missed it on the last one so I apologize. Um, It's from Marcus ZB86, and it's about our goalkeeping situation. Namely, should City have paid the buyout and signed Ter Stegen rather than Bravo, who is 33 and will need replacing again in a few years, who do you see as a long-term option going forward? Ter Stegen hasn't exactly been flawless with Barcelona.
1: No, like, at all. As a matter of fact, now that the focus is on him, he's really come up wanting for Barside. I'd imagine they're probably thinking that, well, crap, we would like Bravo back. <laughs> so, um, no, I don't think that City should have paid the buyout for for, for That's a ridiculous one. I think they made the right
0: decision on that point. As for um, options going forward, um, they did sign – they didn't have the very convoluted ruling deal – Dun- I forgot about that. ...done <laughs> over the summer. Um, I don't know how he's getting on right now. I haven't been paying with a lot of attention, actually.
1: And Maybe no news is good news when it comes to Jerome Maybe that's true. That's, that's... But here's what I do know. Uh, Geronimo Rulli really was a badass in, 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 in penalty saving situations. That much I do know. And I've seen the videos of him saving penalties. If there's one thing I'll say about him that's really lacking with City right now is that City don't have an outstanding shot stopper for penalties. And the reason, look, look, hey, br- more often than not, Bravo guesses the right way. The problem with Bravo is that he doesn't have the size of the other goalkeepers. So your margins for error are bigger. You know, you can, you can miss hit a ball aiming for, for the side netting and still get it in because Bravo can't make, can't cover up that ground. He basically has to guess before you kick it in order to get there. Um, I do think that city, you know, if 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 they're looking for somebody who seems to be uh, uh capable of doing all things, might look at buying Ruli again. I don't. I think don't it's a buyback. Yeah, I think. Which. Yeah, I yeah, I guess. Well, technically, I see. I have a problem with that. He never stepped foot in in Manchester. Aside from a medical, right?
0: He probably didn't even do the medical in Manchester.
1: Yeah, I don't even think he had that. So how can you buy somebody back that you've never actually really bought in the first place? I think think
0: he's under contract with them and on loan, and then there's an agreement. I don't know. It's semantics. Um, it is. It I, is having it looked is, this up, is. by the way, going into um, last weekend's game against Barcelona, which he did concede, he had not conceded in, at home in 304 minutes um, against the Betis, Alaves, and Atletico Madrid.
1: So. I'm impressed by that Atletico. Apparently,
0: he's doing fairly well. Um,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm starting to feel like Rui might be the guy going. Yeah. Like, um, like, I would not be shocked if, if they said, okay, we're buying him back and bringing him in this here, and then split time with he and Bravo moving forward. Like, kind of like they did at Barca with, with Ter Stegen and... Yeah, I think he just might... Bravo
0: I think Bravo. it might be a couple of years, and then he might just straight-up replace Bravo. But Sociedad, they're in fifth. um they are, They're in fifth. They have con- only conceded 14 goals in 13 league games. <laughs> Um.
1: For the,
0: well, I'll have a look but I would notice that Barcelona have also conceded 14 goals in the same amount of games so they're not exactly you know falling behind they're doing quite well um, let's, I'm, I, yes I'm glad to be of help alright um, they've played Real Madrid gave up 3 um, they held Osasuna to a clean sheet away they allowed 1 goal against Espanyol they allowed 2 at Villarreal or one against Las Palmas, two at Ibar, they held Real Betis to a clean sheet at home, they conceded three against the Athletic Club, held Alaves to a clean sheet at home, held Leganes to a clean sheet away, held Atletico to a clean sheet at home, conceded one sporting Gijon on the road, and then held Barca to one at home in a 1-1 draw most recently.
1: See, that's the stuff I find impressive. I'm, I don't give a crap how you play against the Minnows. How are you playing against Real? Okay. Only three goals conceded to me. That's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Real tends to win yeah. 6-7-0 in La Liga games. So if you're only conceding three to them, I'm fine with that because they're going to score. You're not going to keep Real Madrid out. It's just not going to happen unless you're Juve. Um, yeah, no, I, we, all right. No, well, real, real quick, yeah, they they
0: gave, um, no, I was going to give you a real quick fact, and then you can give me the real quick question, and we'll get out of here. Um, but but Bar- Barca did have uh, 10 shots in that game, too, so he was busy, I would think, and only one game, and they did hold Atletico as well. So that's one goal between at, at home between Barca and Atletico Madrid.
1: Which is good. Now it'll be curious to see how he plays at the now camp. So my question to you was this: What do you do with Angus Gooden, who prior to Joe Hart being cast off in, into oblivion at Torino seemed to be the heir apparent, and now doesn't even seem to be well? Frankly, I'm
0: no not heir. yet convinced that he, you know, that he has the sufficient quality to be the Manchester City goalkeeper. Um, I never really was either. I, I mean, they, they, he's going to have time to change minds. I think. But we're, we're going to get Bra- at least two years of Bravo, possibly three, and, and, and at least. So I don't think this is something that's like coming up on the horizon. They will need to replace him soon enough, but I think that Bravo is going to be here for a little while. So Angus Gunn will have chances to make an impression, I think, and maybe put himself into the thinking, and really will have time to make an impression at Sociedad. Um, so I, I just don't see it with I, I mean, I haven't seen much of him, but I, I, I've never really gotten the impression that he's, like, this this top-caliber goalkeeping prospect. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just – this never really struck me. Okay,
1: fair enough. I wasn't really sold by him either, but I was just curious where, where you came no, from. Yeah,
0: that's right. reasonable.
1: All right, yeah.
0: All right. Um, we'll get back after the Chelsea game, definitely. Again. Busy, big, big game, early game again. Um, but but big we game.
1: Should should we update the peeps just ever so slightly? Nothing nothing full, but just ever so slightly. Say uh, uh, about our little kind of thing.
0: <sighs> things are things are happening, things are happening, we, things things will continue to be happening. Um, mm-hmm. Things are being trial ballooned. I guess is a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, we're we're in the process of trying to figure out if it's going to work logistically. The, we like this idea has already been agreed upon. Now we're in the, let's try it out, see how it works, and, and we'll go from there. So, uh, y'all will not hear the tryout, but when time comes, y'all will definitely hear the...
0: We're being very careful about not getting ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll, we'll so we will tell you things... We will. We will tell you things when we know what's going on, and when they're finalized, and when we can actually say with certainty what's going to happen. And trust us, you will know. We will make it clear. You will know. You'll be the first to know um, publicly. So don't worry. We're not holding things back on you because we're being trolls. We're holding things back on you because we're being concise. We're being being concise. We're being conclusive. We are making sure that. Everything is going to work.
1: We're not putting the cart before the Correct. cart is Probably the best way to uh, to put it. We, do, we don't want to say things
0: and be like, actually, you know what? We the one that it didn't. Our test run didn't work. Never mind. So <laughs> that, that would be, yeah, that would that would make us look pretty stupid. So we're not going to do that. But stay tuned. We're working on stuff. Um, and like we said, you will know when we are confident enough to let you know. Um, other than that, um, how about covers it for us? Um, for Josh, I'm Gray. You can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, um, and get our content delivered straight to your iPod, tablet, iPhone, oh. i whatever, and enjoy it like that. Um, and we are, as ever, sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. Um, until next time after the big game we will talk to you then until then have a great rest of the week everybody enjoy the game and we will talk to you again soon